Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Welcome this week. Welcome back. I hope you are holding on tightly to what God is doing because He is. <laughs> I have to protect my sound effects. They're in danger. But this one's yours. I like this one. I'm going to stay with this one, maybe. Okay, so <laughs> it's, I tell you what, Tulsa is the place to be. The Congregation of the Mighty is the place to be. Am I right? Yeah. Am I right? This weekend is our 21st church anniversary here in Seattle. And we're just going to sing 10 times, I'm still standing. <laughs> And we're growing, and we're expanding, and God is moving. Sunday service, I'm telling you what, I think we were going to just come out of the wall, just boom. It felt like this room is not big enough for what God needs to do right now. And man, oh man, it was just magnanimous. There's a clip flying around that Jill uploaded of praise and worship, and I tell you, it was hot in there. Hot, that worked a pretty good sense. In and it wasn't enough. I said, come on, King Jesus, my God. And then Dr. Price came out and got on there. And it was like, what's going on? And then said, oh, and then she. And we went with her. And that band was going down. The band, yes, yes, the band was growing down, the singers were melting down, it was hot, everybody, it was just, it was just going down, the conversation of the mighty, man, I can't wait until Sunday, this Sunday, church anniversary Sunday, we have Apostle Stephen Smoke, new era, Apostle Council member from Portland, Oregon, who will be in the house, he's, he's escaping that smoke, look, you know, okay, so he and Prophet Andrea will be with us, and he will lay down, listen, we gave him the microphone five seconds in June. And he laid down so wisdom fast, quick, and in a hurry. And so we know he's going to come. I, I, I can, you know when something is going to be good when you can just, you're hearing it in the spirit realm. Like it's echoing out in the spirit. And you're like, oh, Lord. So come and join us this weekend. Saturday, we're going to be at our church. And you know what? We decided we were going to go out and do a pizza place and whatnot, a gaming thing, and then you got the mask. And we're in, I'm going to talk about you, Okay, so. <laughs> If you're not new to this world, then you know masks aren't happening. And Dr. Price said, well, I'm not going. Okay. <laughs> you can't not go. We're going to start the anniversary celebration. All right. So we were like, so we're going to do it at church. And we decided to create our own gaming pizza experience at the Congregation of the Mighty location. So here's what we're doing. So you all know it's about to go down for the Congregation of the Mighty. We're going to have a movie in the sanctuary, a clean film, family, God-friendly, forget family-friendly, 
because you know what, family friendly right now, we don't even know what that means. Some of the things they say, this is for the family. I'm like, who's family? <laughs> What's your your father, the devil, that's who this is from and for, and your offspring, okay? Not that you are the sons of perdition. That's who that's what this is, that's what this is for, but we're the family of gold. And so it's going to be a clean film. Dr. Price is like the ultimate screener on these sort of things. Uh, she and Chief are always out there finding something we can watch that we will bless the Lord for. And I have to, you know, we're not going to apologize or offend the Lord in his own house or outside of it. So we're going to have that going on in the sanctuary pizza. In, indoors will also be a room with board games. So those, some of you will be notified to bring some board games. Outside of the building, we have coming a gaming truck. Anybody see the gaming truck? Yes. And we're talking about the kids playing. I said, the kids, they need to look out for the adults. Well, the adults let the kids play their games. And then for the littles and the itty bitties, your chief apostle has rented one of them huge inflatable things that they come and blow up. And I hope we can get the adults out of there too. <laughs> and so, Saturday starting at 3 p.m. at the Congregation of the Mighty in Big Steel, Oklahoma. You can go to congregationofthemighty.com, get our address, find out where we are, and show up. Come on Sunday as well. 8 a.m. Yes, we are having Sunday school at 8 o'clock. Oh, the power <laughs> Does anybody else need an extra hour in between Sunday school and church to recover from Sunday school? I mean, Sunday took something, took something out of me. I said, I see. I'm hurt. In a deep, deep way. And so, I just... And then we have to pray real quick, and then we have to practice real quick, and then we have to sing real hard. No, thank you, but you go back to Sunday school. And then Dr. Price comes in, just finishes the job Sunday. I mean, we moved into a whole other thing. She and to have planned dealing with our responsibility as saints, and then the whole cultural, racial. I mean, we were sitting there like, where are we? And sometimes she'll say, where? Why Because you don't know who needs to hear what. And this is why I love the congregation of the mighty where God stands. Because when he stands up and when he has vessels that he can stand up in, and he can do what he wants to do. This is why we have Price University. This is why we have the training programs to train and groom so that God can do what he needs and wants to do through us, through people. We really do have this... um, what is it, Mickey Mouse, Fantasia, Disney thing, where he just, it's true, where there's just some sort of eternal magic wand, and he just goes, bippity-boppity-boo. I was raised in preschool, okay, I see it all. Anything from that era? I know it. And so we just want him to do a Cinderella fairy godmother thing, where you just bounce from being uh, a little mouse, pumpkin into a little mouse. Or the pumpkin into the thing and then whatever, the little mouse into the, the, the dot and thank you. And you're like, that's not how any of this works. I mean, this is not it. We really do have that God will just do what he wants to do and have to bypass creation. Now, the Lord will do what he wants to do, but there are things that can only be done through us. How many times we were taught coming up as prophets that, you know, prophecy is fulfilled through people. So when people 
don't do what God told us to do, or, or if he gives you this or gives you that, then somebody will say that the word of the Lord was not fulfilled in my life. Because he told P.I.T. Rachel to give me a brownie, and she didn't do it. Oh, 
know now. So what happens? In order for them to find power, strength, and authority, they go to the world. And they bring it into the church. Because in the church, we crush everybody who wants to be strong. We destroy them. We discredit them. Put their name out as evil. Do all those kind of things. Men and women, whenever they're tough, whenever they make decisions, we, we bully them out of them, threaten to take your ties, leave your church, and all this kind of stuff. And not understanding and not knowing, no, this is not, no. And so in the body of Christ, so we don't look to our predecessors. We don't look to Scripture. You've been hearing on these broadcasts how many people say the Bible character, the story, the once upon a timer. And so the Word of God is like an example. A sample. This is an example of what we want you to do. You can take it or leave it. This is how we teach it. And not that if you want to be the best in God, this is who you need to bear yourself after. This is the pattern that you should follow. How many times in Scripture? What did God say to Joshua when he was taking over from Moses and Moses telling him even before? He said, look, you must follow this to the letter of the law as God gave it to me. He said, you need to do what I told him to do and run it on down and run it on down. And when did people not know the Lord? When they didn't do it. Who was the generation that was born that did not know the Lord? Somebody broke rank with the pattern. Somebody broke rank with the mandate. And then what you have is, you don't know, you don't know. I mean, this generation walking around the planet now, in the body of Christ, are they? they we have a work to do. We have job security. I mean, this is the most secure time <laughs> to be in our line of work. There is no shortage of opportunity to straighten this thing out. There is no shortage. There is a high demand, a high demand and a small supply for what it's going to take to uh, course correct, straighten it out. We're going to sing divine order. We're going to dance divine order. Somebody's going to try and put it in divine order. You're going to say you are out of order. And it's like, well, which one is it? You can't say we need to put things in order and still think that this order is working. Even by nature of us saying we need to put things into order means this is out of order. It's broken. We have to find a broken link. If you ever, okay, so we've all, we've revamped like every website we have on this one right now. And whenever you do that and you're setting up a new one or you're updating, the most tedious thing that you do technically is going through quality control checking. Once you do grammar, links. Quality control checking on links. Do all of the links go to where they're supposed to go? Do they redirect and take the person who's clicking it to the destination that the button said? That's where many, but that's where you're going to break it down. You're going to fall short. You're going to do all this work instead of a new product, and then not get asked me. And you do a thing, and nobody, listen, I'm telling you what we've lived over the years, right? It's amazing. It's amazing she's still in her own ministry. <laughs> because I'll tell you what, the things that we put her through, <laughs> I'm surprised she didn't run for us. <laughs> okay. Does anybody see her picture is not on the website? 
anybody see her pictures on the book cover? Anybody see? Where's her name? The website is the phone number on that? Because when you have somebody who's only focused on their one piece, not realizing the whole piece has to be right. In order for you, I mean, but I'll tell you the arguments we've had back and then, I'll get 20 years of story, so a lot of people are not here anymore. People don't assume the guilty parties are here, because most of them are not. <laughs> and I guess we're not surprised based on some of these arguments that we have. <laughs> we made a name for example, we do this thing up. Put the name on the church. No, no doctor person's name, no picture. Now, how are people going to know? Well, people know the partner's house. People know the partner's house because they know TV day. <laughs> They know Lakewood because they know Osteen. You see? The connection? The head is directly connected to the body. When they want to identify body, they start with the face. It takes a lot longer when you have a headless body to identify who it belongs to. Oh, you guys have a lot of fingerprints. Well, let's hope they're in the system. And see, we've done this to God. We've cut off his head. Taking off the apostles, taking off the prophets, taking headless. We have a headless body right now, walking around with no head. No head, no brain. No identity. No sense of sight. No sense of direction. You're just feeling the church right now and just feeling its way along with its hands. And which is why it's probably so easy right now. So carnal, so touchy feeling. Everything is about a feeling because we've cut off the head. We are a decapitated institution. And that's how we act. We're bumping into this doctrine and bumping into that devil and bumping into this yoga and bumping into that new age thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this, yeah, this, this sounds like, oh, yeah, yeah, I think this is God. No, it's not your God. Oh, well, we tried it out. Sorry. Let's bump around in the dark and see. Oh, I think this, and this is where we are. This is what we face. This is why we take it and leave. Speaking up, in November, see, I got you, Dr. Friday. In November. This November, the Apostolic Summit, we have in our ongoing things from the beginning is where we are, what we face, taking the lead. We are always the Wednesday through Saturday before Thanksgiving every year. Go to drpaulaaprice.com, click on events, and get the information, secure your seat. You know, Dr. Price is going to be there. She's coming back to her events, bless God. I'm speaking, Apostle Holden speaking, Apostle Howard Hatton speaking. Yeah, last year was my first summit. I was like, okay, one down. And an apostle. And so we're going to take it on. I mean, this is what apostles are supposed to do. We have got to put the head back on straight on the body of Christ. We can't just slap titles on the top and throw people in there who don't know what they're doing which is what we have a lot of right now, ending up in the same results and the same thing as to where we are. So we're bumping around and have no head. You think about everything that's in the head. You can't make a decent judgment, can't make a decent decision. No head. We don't know how to think as a body of Christ. What should our stance be on abortion? What should our stance be on politics? Should we get involved? Should we not get involved? Let's see. We didn't get involved for a while. We see what that got us. Out. Ministry is fighting all over the country to gather. Who's the church in D.C. that they weren't permitted to gather outside? Really? 
This is the United States of America. You could not have told us even five years ago. How about this? This time last year, we don't have to go far. When we were, remember, we were the ones to argue about if we should have church. If Christmas Day falls on a Sunday, the body of Christ, much of it, not all, because I know a lot of people who are like, we are never closing our doors on a Sunday for anything, especially a holiday, especially the Lord's birth. And so, let me tell you what, this is how you know we are in love with the devil's ways and we don't even know it as people. And saints in the body. Now, we're not. Because we're the congregation body with God saying, where the devil can't. But, in general, you so if somebody says to you, oh, your birthday falls on a day that we all gather together. We're actually not going to gather together. And we're not, we're going to acknowledge you from home. <laughs> And leave you by yourself. Who would you would have all kinds of problems? I mean, right now people get twisted if their birthday is forgotten. And we know, and see, you can tell when people don't want to say, technically, Jesus was born in the September. Technically, that's really, let somebody go technically on you about ignoring you. And you will technically cut them off. <laughs> don't mean anything to you. So you only use me when you need them. And so on and so forth. So when it's so it's your time, so you want me to show up for every tragedy, every high moment, every whatever for you. But when it's my moment, can I have a moment? You know, can we give Jesus a moment? Can we? But you know what? We're gonna have church. We're going to have church. We have church. Because we have Jesus. All the choirs in the house. And they didn't slid in the harmony real quick. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, thank you guys are all online, and we appreciate it. Greetings from London. Hello, Lorna from London. Yes. Thanks for tuning in. And everybody in the U.S., we know we love y'all. Dr. Price, thanks for joining us today. I thought I'd talk to because Jesus is on the show. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus and his Paula show. So it would be great for Jesus to show up and, and be no Paul. Yes. As a thought.
about it all is that we forget that the apostle had three um, dispensations given to him. Before Jesus went home, before they got the Holy Ghost, the, the, the Lord breathed on him. Jesus personally breathed on him. And said, Receive me the Holy Ghost. Oh, yes, yes. Okay, so there was like, I'm like, Breathe on me. Come on, hit me. That's I'm telling you, I'll take all the oxygen he got in his being. So, and so, uh, so that's the first one. Do you all remember? And then they go and Pentecost comes. And it's got all of this. This is wonderful. This is marvelous. We've got people speaking in tongues. Holy Ghost is showing up. And, you know, the, the, the classic church only talks about the tongue speaking and whatever. You also talk about the fact that um, the room was changed, yeah. that, that it was at an annual event and that the tongues were translated by the Holy Ghost, who is God's decoder, okay? So they're talking about that and how people understood it as the wonderful works of God, not the, well, God showed up, so we have that. Then they go through the gun and they get beaten, they get arrested, they get charged, yeah, that's a skip over, so we've got a lot of skip overs in the classic congregational church. So... He, you know, he, he, they get all of that, they come out, and unlike us, they don't come out bitter. You know, they come out from as good as I did to God, and how I served God, and what the Lord did, and, 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 and how dare he reward me evil for my good, and all of that kind of stuff. See, that's somebody who ain't been through nothing but a shower, okay? And we know shower water runs off. Unless you keep the toy. And so, what was that? I was like, something else went on. So anyway, but but they come out, and this is what they say. Now, they've been trained by Jesus for three and a half years. We like to say that they were uneducated. They were uneducated in the Rabbinical College and the the, the religious universities and training centers of the day, but they were not untrained. So we need to get clear on that. Because you could tell how much people thought about the Messiah's training. Now, he built all of those schools, but we don't, we don't characterize or classify the apostles as having been trained no. by the maker, by the same God that they preach it and teach it and wrote books about it, whatever, every week. But we understand they have decided issues. You know, people do the same. And so... They've been, they've had the the three and a half years, they've had the 40-day class course, which was really, you know, the onboard. So I call those 40 days onboarding. They were onboarded by the Holy Ghost. And so, you know, can you imagine Jesus said, no, 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 I know y'all think y'all ready. But understand, you were trained by me as the incarnate Christ. Now we need to onboard you. And I on as the eternal Son of God, as the sovereign of sovereignness, not only he who incarnated, but he who spoiled principalities and powers, he who, who made the show of them openly, he who cast out the God of the world, he who went back, was literally born again in the heart of the earth. You know, you can't tell me you don't need to be born again. I want you to understand, the only people that were born again in hell were the people of the low covenant and the old covenant. Now you have to be born again on earth. Because hell's empty of them. Hell got real devils in there. There's no, no, no partition keeping you from the fires, the darkness, the doom, and the devil. So, see, we don't, we don't handle the gospel like that. We handle the gospel for earthlings and for earth. 
they're earthlings, you know, it's more like, you know, we're earthlings. So, so he goes and they get this 40-day onboarding. And what's so interesting about that is that, you know, depending on whether or not you get those marshmallow new translations that always want to make the snake and the sinner feel at home in hell and on earth. And so, but it's not, it's, it's the, the original, um, the old, King James says that they were taught by Jesus and the Holy Ghost. Uh, not yeah. through. Can you imagine Jesus having to teach through the Holy Ghost and he's standing in there? Holy Ghost is like, I got this. So when you read that and ask, it is a phenomenal statement. So the Holy Ghost says, since we're going to be working together and heaven has a handoff. Gotcha. <laughs> heaven has a handoff. So Jesus is going back home. And he's handing off his, the remainder of his commission to the Holy Ghost in the 40-day convoy. It's a powerful thing when you look at it because God always does that. God always has an official handoff. And so to think that that's an eternal thing, where God literally, the Holy Ghost is standing there as a being. Okay. So if he's standing there as a being, then he's leaving when Jesus leaves. Because he said, Tommy and Jerusalem, until you are in with power from on high. So they're in the upper room, carrying in Jerusalem, so that they can be in with power from on high. Now, the thing that you have to recognize is that you can tell if a person who is teaching about apostleship is either born again, or or if they are with the Holy Spirit, you know, because they just have trying to deceive, they get a new heart, new spirit, but they, because those who, who have been with Jesus, who know God, understand you cannot invalidate apostleship simply because the original 12 are gone. Because when, the, when Pentecost came, we didn't have an original 12. We had an original 11. Right. 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 Matthias had never been in the class. It wasn't even there for the 40-day onboard. He's just filling, filling the numbers. He's just meeting the photo. He's the photo apostle. And you don't hear anything about him. You know he did stuff. You know, God has a quota. <laughs> you know, we're strangers. So when people tell me that there cannot be apostles today simply because the original apostles are gone and the church is founded, I know that you are 100% carnal. That is a 100% carnal, unenlightened response. Because when the Pentecost came and baptized the Holy Ghost, it was not, it was not, but even before Pentecost came, when Jesus rose from the dead and showed up and gave that training, he was, it was as a resurrected man. Virtually, in human context, uh, concepts, he is a dead man came and recommissioned them as his apostles. That's why you know God meant for this office to be perpetual. Because the incarnated Jesus, before he was crucified, the incarnated Jesus, before he was crucified, was bound only to Israel. He said, I was not sent except to the law house of Israel. 
He's the star Phoenician woman. Get the dog double out my daughter. I can't do this because you're not one of us. But, but she, she appealed on a higher level. She appealed on faith ground. And based on faith, heaven is built on faith because faith is what Abraham exhibited when he come on somebody. I got see faith is the highest that's it. So you can you can run on heritage, you can run on legacy, you can run on a lot. But you want to move God? Faith. He said that we are justified by the faith of Abraham, and by faith Abraham became the heir of the world. So she, that girl, I might, you know, I might be the Hellenist. I might be not a, a, a natural-born Jew, but one thing I do know, Jews were not based on the law. They were based on faith. So listen, even the little dogs, the dogs got faith enough to say, I'm not going to get a place, but I can sure get down here with these phone. And she said, so I'll be the dog with the crumb because you are the Almighty. I know that you're the Messiah of crumb for you. Will deliver my God. And Jesus said, because of her faith, see, it wasn't even his power. His power was always moving. But it was moving within this, this particular combine called Israel. But honey, but honey girl has faith, and he, he said, well, the devil's gone. He didn't even say, I can't say that. He said, because of your faith, the devil is gone out of your thought because you have faith. And every time he turned around, all of the people of the Gentiles were exhibiting Abraham's faith more than the Jews. Because yeah. wow. Gentiles like we don't we don't have Moses, we don't have a law, we don't you know peace, we don't we didn't get that. We don't have the tabernacle, we live in the wilderness, we can we Abraham not in us as we know it. So we turn around, so they get this, they get this forty day onboarding with the Holy Ghost as Jesus hands off the rest of the commission to the Holy Spirit so that the Gentiles would get saved because as quiet as it's kept, Abraham was not a Jew. Abraham was a Gentile. Moses in Sinai, because up until that point, they were the seed of Abraham. And they were the offspring of Jacob, who was renamed by the angel, somebody hear me? He was renamed by the angel Israel after he had to fight all night long with the angel that would be backing that nation. Spiritual credit. And the angel said, you're no longer Jacob the supplanter, the chief, the deceiver, the imposter, the thief. You're not Israel. Because you have fought with God all night long, who is in my person, and prevailed. That angel, and, and, you, and he knew that angel knew that if he did not bless Jacob, he's going to be there till the next day. He said, Let me go. The sun is rising. I'm, 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 I'm on a night for duty. I cannot be here at daybreak. Sun trying to come up. I got to because see there is a portal I gotta make. I, I gotta get through it. I cannot be here. Great. He said, Let me go. She he said, I'm not gonna let you go until you bless me. See, a lot of these things that they were like, okay, well, we understand you gotta go. He said, if you showed up to test me, if the card you were sent to bless me. Jesus, honey man Jesus. This isn't Jesus at all. So the angel had to bless him to get off duty. 
You need, and your kids need to say time. You need to tell your children from little kids, now listen, baby, you're going to go here and there, you're going to do this and that, but I want you to understand, you need to, uh, you need to fill up your account with God. What did Paul said there, I want you to give so it goes to your account. Why? Your account is not for when you're doing well. Your account is for when life happens. And you give God a reason to go into your secret, your trust fund, see? And I like that because, see, we are trust fund babies, too, because of our trust in God, we contribute to his fund. I'm just saying. See, we, we are trust. Ours is a trust. And the Bible says it. It says it's all in trust for us. So that when, so you the only reason you tithe is because you trust God. You don't tithe because of some church. You tithe because you trust God. There was no religion in existence when Abraham gave Melchizedek a tenth of the spoil. Your tithe is a war tax, but it's also a trust fund. It's a hedge against the things that darkness will do for, to you over life because, you know, woe to the earth, offenses must come. But God says with the temptation, he will make the way of escape. I don't know if any of you are hearing this because so you sit up there in those little cushy churches where they don't need out for anything, and you're like, I don't tithe because my pastor don't say, but it's your account. It's your account. Okay, so whether they want whether they want to call them a tithe or not, it's not that because you're like, well, I don't know, tithing is not in the New Testament, but I know how many preachers didn't read that because wait a minute, a whole chapter is devoted to what Abraham did with Melchizedek, who was not born of the world, who was born or not, did not have a mother or a father, did not come out of an earthly family tree, and I'm telling you, I'm like, I'm, I'm stuck, I got to read it because y'all got me out this one. So God is like, y'all trying to get me to bankroll your house, pay for your mortgage, pay for your tuition. He says, you got nothing in your account. I owe you nothing for eternal life. You got nothing to draw on. He said, I told you. you I said, when you hold back your towels, your tithe, you don't rob me. When a man robs you, you're not robbing me. You're, just a, you're robbing me in my trust fund for you. So your account is empty. When you don't pay tithes to the Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to understand by default you're paying tithes with faith. Because the spirit realm doesn't run like us. You don't have to write a check saying, dear Satan, here's my tithe. You just have to make sure that your tithe never gets God's treasure. We sit here talking about churches broke and bankrupt. And if I know people who taught that thing, I bet they wish they hadn't taught it now. Because see, now under this, this COVID thing, you ain't have a church. They ain't sending you nothing. All your money is going elsewhere, and you wonder what to do with that monstrosity of a building you bought. Yeah, they broke. Everything. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, you are sitting here from the honor of them. I, my credit ain't going through because you don't have credit for God. Because I'm going to tell you something. You can have bad credit on earth and God will raise up because God's credit, God will come on here. Because see, I'm telling you, it's the most of Let me tell you how this works. Because see, you're, you're looking, the currency, the hard paper, the, 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 the cash itself, the instruments, are not the currency. God's currency is favor. God's currency is goodwill. God's currency is sacrifice. God's currency is good deeds. God's currency is charity. So you have to understand, that is why Satan bankrupts because if he can bank 
bankrupt today. Guess what? You are on this planet no favor. You on this planet can't get favor in anything. Can't get a job. When every time peace slip time comes, you are the alpha in the pink slip. You know it's true. You know First round, you, you out. So he said, but when you do, he said, I will hide you. Hide you. Yeah, he tells you, he said, if my house is empty, it's been, what replaces what's in my treasure becomes devoured in yours. You can't get out of first the pipe breaks. Okay? Now the car breaks down. Okay, now the insurance people have canceled my insurance. I don't know how I'm going to pay for all of this. And you go on, why? Because the devourer is that. I've come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. And how do you think you're going to have it? Everything in creation is a negotiation. Everything in creation is a transaction. And we need to stop telling you that there's only a one-sided action. Abraham had to connect with God for him to get Melchizedek's warriors, priestly warriors, to help him win that war for 300 Sir, and he understood. Now, they were trained, but they were still household servants. Okay, national training and household training may not be the same. May not, I'm just thinking. So as we're starting to think about it, so here we come down the line, and we got people telling you not to tie, and your life is falling apart. And you don't even know why. You can't get, you can't get a, a, a breakthrough no matter what. And when you go there, they just say, this is what they tell you. You can tell when you're in the wrong church, when their answer to your, your deprivation, your answer to your lack, and their answer to your poverty is that you go find more money to give them. That's the wrong ministry. See, but that's a devourable with a clergy power. I'm telling you, I'm losing my building. I have taken care of you for 6, 8, 10, 15 years, and you're telling me to go get some more money and to take what little bit of money I have for my building and give it to you. Who in what world could that be right except the world of darkness? Can I just draw on everything I gave you? Can I take a loan on all that I've thrown to you? <laughs> I mean, if I could take a loan on that, and you know what? Literally, thousands, hundreds of thousands of preachers have lost everything, and they're mad today because it didn't make God sense for them. Didn't make God sense. I'm thinking if I've taken care of you for 10 years, I need you to have, because that's what he said, Paul said the parents do. They may have your money, but they set aside for you. You need to tell me all the money I gave you. You didn't open up an account for me to have to set aside. You didn't set aside anything for my days of distress and calamity. And you still live in large? That's not God. At least not the God of God. And so when you turn around there, you don't want to join anything else. You don't want to back another ministry or anything because you're mad because you did not use your discernment to find out that that was a devourer in a clergy call. Devourer in a clergy call. That's a book type. That, there's something that, I'm not telling you to write another book. Thank you. I'm just saying. I got like 25 books I'm trying to finish. So here we are. Because what you can tell is not scripturally found because, because John said, don't, when people come to you and me, don't tell them to go and do something else. He said, if you have it in your power, give it to them. I have taken care of you all these years, all these years. 
And you don't have a set aside for when the, because the devil wants to test me by, you know, messing with my people, my church split, you can't help me. My leader split, you can't help me. And all you want to tell me to do is go find something else and bring scrape up something else for you. I'm telling you, I don't care what the devil says. That ain't God. Because God's compassion, that is both incompassionate, uncompassionate answer as that you can give somebody. I'm like, oh, mm-mm. no, no, no. And then you wonder why all these pastors are like, no, I don't want to deal with apostles. No, I don't want to deal with prophets. No, I don't want to deal with leaders. Are you kidding me? You can't write me a check? When I sent you all those checks, Facebook, I got you on auto draft. <laughs> now, that's not to say you shouldn't tithe, because you should tithe. Because tithing and offering and feeding or sowing are not the same. Not the same. So if you're just saying, I'm sending my tithe to this person because I don't have a church or something like that, hey, I can get that. I'm going to all day long. But when I come to you for something, because when we go to God, he goes into our time account to rescue us, to help us out. That's my part of it. He goes into that time account. And he's got, and I'm telling you, he does it because he said that. He said, if there's meat in my house, then you're going to have a hedge against calamity, against the child of life. But if my house is broke, I don't know what to tell y'all. So if my house is broke, that's like breaking the bank. You know, we're scared today right now. But let's look at this. Because, see, I, I talk this, oh, and I, every now and then, God starts. And you don't have a place to start your time, you can start them up. Uh, DrPaulAprice.com. I'm legitimate. I'm legit. And I'm the one that gets the breakthrough. So you need to go on into that bank account. Go on in into that Because a lot of things are faithful. And they're just like, I cannot... I cannot start going to this time to that, and I'm waiting for what God said. Um, the reason you're hearing me today is because I'm supposed to be one of the and I do break you through. Some of y'all can't get a breakthrough because you're too indebted to God. One day I'm going to do a whole thing on biblical principles of money and finance, and because what we have is biblical principles. Some of them are very, very good, but very few of them tell you that. Like, very few of them tell you that when you can commit a sin and you repent, you need to bring reparation. you got to bring a gift to God, and the gift is not to pay for God to accept your repentance. The gift is that God gave you the grace to know that you could repent, and he gave you the grace to know where you offended. And so that's the gift. God, thanks for letting me know. I can prove that by scripture. But so let's look at this. Hebrews seven. Now there is, you know, there's a whole lot that we don't realize. Like they said, but Jesus never talked about time. If he did, he said, y'all, you changed the word. So um, what you can do for your parents at the commandments of men. He said, and then you tie men and, and, and ruin humans. He said, and then you neglect the weightier matters of the law. He said, but this you ought to have that you ought to have done. And he made a statement, and not means the other undone. Mm-hmm. Undone. Because he knew, coming down to Hebrews, that he has an official in heaven, an official who was on the planet, and now in heaven, who received the spirit of the times. We're going to talk about that. I want to get this right, but I don't want to get Okay. So here we are. 
whether uh, where the forerunner is for us into even Jesus, he's talking about heaven, God's realm, Jesus made a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. So we have a high priest. Hebrews 6, yeah, oh, yeah, I should tell you, 6.20. So we have, somehow or another, Christians are almost, um, almost taught to believe we don't have a high priest. We have a high priest who is a king. The set about Salem, for this Melchizedek, king of Salem, Jesus is king of kings, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. Now, we think slaughter of the kings that, you know, they stood up and he just kind of did Goliath and did, no. Uh-uh. He, he, they had to take his army. He had to tackle their army. And so, to whom Abraham gave a tenth part of all. Why? Because, to be honest with you, Abraham and this never know that 300 soldiers could not be the armies of five kings. So he had to know that there was a lot of spiritual help and a spiritual backing and to show his gratitude, as well as his awareness. He acknowledged it by giving Melchizedek a tenth part of all. So when you don't get laid off, you need to tie. When they call you back, you need to tie. When you get an inheritance, you need to tie. And stop talking about, well, do I tie on free and post tax? The Bible says all your increase. If you got that argument, you don't, you, you God's not real anyhow. You, you still don't want to give it that. You still don't think he's worth it. God is worth your paycheck. And sometimes, you, since you don't tie, he takes the whole check by laying you off. Okay. To whom to whom Abraham gave a tenth part of all, okay, first being interpreted king of righteousness. So you understand that the tithing is righteous for the redeemed. And you and so and after that also king of Salem, you want you want God's peace? Then you need to uh, kind of build up his treasury. And don't get caught up in that lie. Yeah, but you know, preachers misuse it. It's not, you're not doing it for preachers. You're doing it for the high priest called Jesus Christ. And you're also doing it for the priestly institution into which you are born again, which is the order of Melchizedek. Okay, we are Melchizedek priests. Somebody won't hear me. So let's see who that is. Without father, no daddy, without mother, without descent or genealogy having neither beginning of day nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abide the priest continually. Now, here's where the crazy comes. Well, people are like, well, then Jesus is Melchizedek. You can't be creature and creator. Either he's going to be the creature or he's going to be the creator because the creator creates the creature. Even in his incarnation as creator, he created the creator, the creature that incarnated. So you see, the spirit came first, not the incarnation. So now, consider how great this man was unto whom even the patriarch, Abraham, gave him the tenth of the spoils. The spoils, spoils of war, tithes, and you tithe off of your spoils. You went an account, you tithe. You get an inheritance. It's a spoil of what? Why? Because it's coming out of the, the treasuries of darkness into your possession. So you need to be giving God a tenth of it for causing that transaction to happen. Everything in God's realm 
song is about a transaction. Trans change the action of the present or the past into what you want it to be. So everything prayer is a transaction. See, because we think everything is some sort of abstract, ethereal, iconic thing, it's about my faith. No, no, baby. If your faith can't change the action between heaven and earth and the actions of what's happening to you on planet, you're not praying. You just have a noisy meditation.
from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, received tithes of Abraham and blessed him that had the promises. See, if you don't feel you have any promises from God, you're not going to say this to so many people. See, a lot of you all, well, I'll do it. When God does what he says, and I'll do what he does. The fact that you can sit there and act like you belong to Jesus means you already drew on what he said. He said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord is saved. You know, I know we think we need them long altar calls and, and prayers. No, they help, you know, but the, see, we need to know the difference between repentance and our vow as that you pay to live a life that reflects our repentance. Okay, so we acknowledge the Lord Jesus Christ is wonderful. So he said, and without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. Abraham was less than Melchizedek. Which is why Melchizedek could bless him. Now he's priest of God Most High. It may not mean anything to us today, and in our with our shabby, shaky Christianity, and it's okay. But to Abraham, who was a prophet in Ur of Chaldea, Babylon, God Most High was promised. A lot could get passed until God Most High got involved. God Most High was not was using them as he saw fit. God Most High is a being and interjected in everything he did, on and on and on and on. I could go on, but you got the point. So for him to hear the priest, priest of his God Most High, he probably never met him. He didn't even God Most High had priests. Really? Really? Now, I know that Baal has priests, and Asherah has priests, and Marduk, and all of them, but, but God Most High? Really? So he knew. He was, but he understood what that meant. That if a, if, if a deity sent their high priest to you, it was to change your life and your station in life. So when God sends priests, that's what he, that's what he was talking about. So he says here, um, verse 7, and without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. In other words, the person who is living in the, 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 the confined space, you know, small apartment on minimal wage can't really bless you significantly. They can do favors for you. They can be kind to you. They can, you know, do a little charity, give you a cup of water or something. That's fine. But in terms of the, the blessing that changes your station, that moves you from darkness to light, from death to life, from poverty to prosperity, you got to be with better. First, here's where the answer is. But they say it's not in the New Testament. And if you see it on the Internet, there are literally thousands of books that tell you that tithing is not in the New Testament. So I don't know where they think Hebrews came from. All right? And it says, and here, if it's your Bible, circle here. And here, men that die, or other translations says, mortal men. Here, men that, here, mortal. But here, men that die receive time, but there, circle there. Because there means not here. There means not here. He receives them, of whom it is witness that he lives. Baby, let me tell you something, sweetheart. That's for sure. This is the Jesus and Paula show. And right now, Jesus is speaking, and Father is voicing. See, here and there, we understand here and there, in every other context. Verse 8, you 
want to know is Hebrews 7, verse 8, but the whole chapter is important. Why? Because Melchizedek would be what we call an alien. He was planted on earth to keep a segment of earth in the whole Israeli region, the whole of Jerusalem. He was planted on earth to keep that as a stronghold for God until Abraham came, until the Jews were born. We have to recognize that. So here we are. He's saying here. So on earth, people pay tithe to mortals because everything on earth dies. But there, he got, he said there, Melchizedek. And when you see he, just like Melchizedek in your body or your, your face, Melchizedek receives them. A woman is witness, witness that he lives. How do we know he lives? Because... Jesus is raised up and set over the eternal priesthood that had to be initiated, instituted, because of the sin in the Garden of Eden. Because of the sin that Lucifer had in Revelation 12. But the cherub released. Okay, you understand that that's why half of this stuff that you're talking about you can and cannot do is all based on mortality and our blindness. You understand all of us on earth, we don't have a clue. See, we don't realize that sin didn't begin in the garden. Sin was inserted in the garden. And released in the garden. Sin did not begin in the garden. That's why we had darkness and light. So we're acting like we can give you all of these rules and parameters on sin as we see fit. This is Apostle's doctrine. In case y'all want to know, this is Apostle's doctrine. So sin did not begin. If it didn't begin in the garden, then guess what that means? That means that it began in God's realm. And if it began in God's realm, they needed a priesthood. And because there was, they needed sacrifices because of what that cherub was facing and his horde did. They needed a sacrifice. We already found out that they were dying. Yeah. And he was killing. The devil sinned from the beginning. He was a murderer from the beginning. Yeah. You understand? We can't even fathom what death means in God's realm. But what we do know is that Jesus was very confident that his father could bring him back home, could raise him from the dead and bring him back home because they had already done it. See, you, if you're going to be a strong Christian, if you're going to be a stronghold, you need to be strong in his doctrine. You need to be strong in his wisdom and his knowledge. See, the whole idea, we keep saying, well, you know, there's not going to be heaven or hell or anything like that. Are you kidding? Heaven exists. Heaven had a war. The war changed the rules, changed the entire context, the entire uh, environment and atmosphere of God's word, death entered. How did they know death entered? Because now the light is speckled with darkness. And people are being weakened. Their population were being weakened. Civilized civilization was being weakened. So you would recognize that when, well, um, should they go? I'm going to go on. But see, I can go in this and just stay here for like a while. Okay, so here we go. Here is there. Here 
remember that. So they tell you tithing is not in the New Testament. Ask them what does Hebrews 7, 8 mean? See, a lot of you all listen to those pastors because you don't want to say time in here. Because I'm going to tell you something. When you're led by the Spirit, whether your pastor knows it or not, whether your pastor approves it or not, you say tithe. You may not even pay it to them, or if you get the money, don't call it tithe. But I want you to understand, you tell God, God, this is my time. Because you realize that you are an eternal being. So even so before temporal beings has to pay tithe, eternal beings do. After the order of Melchizedek, over whom Jesus Christ became the high priest. Now, it's better. And then he said, and, and as I may so say, Levi also, who received tithes, paid tithes in Abraham. You want your seed blessed, Daddy? You want your seed to acquire the generational wealth that's due your life? Then you need to pay tithes. Yeah. I don't care what you do for a living. Okay. I don't care if you are a drug addict. I don't care if you're a criminal. You need yeah. to pay tithes. Because yeah. you are hacking yourself against the day that you get caught or your child's future. You need to pay tithes. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I don't care what you do for a living. I don't care who you are. You need to pay tithes. And I don't want to hear all of y'all talking about, you know how we say, but that's the devil's money. Uh, uh, Jesus said all things are yours. And because of that, because all things are Christ, so they may do enough to pay Jesus back for the calamity he caused. And I'll tell you something else. I'm going to tell you right now, I, I don't even want to hear it. And then this whole idea, but I just don't want to take unclean money. Jesus, let me tell you something about the Lord. First of all, Jesus went to Zacchaeus. He got money from all those people that didn't like him or his God. But let's go to when he was Yahweh. And the Philistines wanted to get his curse off of them. What did he do? They made these little golden turds for tumors and the golden mice, which are unclean. And you know what? They stayed in God's heart. God took them. He said, no, we got to put them in here because anything consecrated to God, God sanctifies it for his own purposes, for his witness and his testimony. So I don't want to hear it. Don't tell me that. That Christ is not that woman. I'm like, if God can suffer turds and might, say, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. to me. And I'm going to pray over it just like I pray over the thing. He said, everything is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. I'm going to preach over it. Yes, I am. I'm going to pray over it. Yes, I am. And I'm going to take Satan's money that he doesn't want Jesus to do anything good with, and I'm going to do Jesus good with it. Yes, I am. Now, if you asked me this five years ago, I would have had a different testimony. But I said, yes. I had a different testimony. All day, I had the testimony of the impoverished. I'm a stronghold, and stronghold needs all kingdoms that have all kinds of folks. Kingdom. Now, churches, that's something else. But I'm going to tell you, church something else. You know, you decide your church doesn't need anything, and if you want Satan to keep his good, that's your business. But I'm telling you, he got to pay tithe because he stole everything he has. Nothing he has is his. 
didn't bring it to earth. Nothing he has did not originate in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I am the Lord's recoverer. I'm recovering. Yes, I am. And I'm going to pray for him because I need y'all to get saved. So I'm going to pray for him. I'm going to call it a because that's your, your down payment on your salvation and redemption. You know, okay, hold my spot here. <laughs> Maybe. That's me. If 
there for a profession whereby the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should arise after the order of Melchizedek? Because tithes did not begin with Moses. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't it good to know? Tithes did not begin with Moses, so they didn't begin as a legal obligation, as a legal compulsion. They began as a faith response to triumph and victory. So the tithe is of faith. It is not of the law. And here the law, God gave us, gave Israel the law and a physical replication of his priestly duties, his priesthood, and in fact his nation for earth. Tithing did not even begin on earth. Otherwise, what was Melchizedek collecting? Why do we even need a priest in eternity if there's no sin, there's no death, there's no loss, there's no violence, there's no lack? Why do we need a priest? Because there, and, and, and God's way, if everybody was living God's way, there was no alternative. When people were, were taking care of their business, they were contributing to one another, exchanging and whatnot, without that. It was the terror that changed creation by introducing an alternative to the Almighty and his civilization and their way of life. So you understand. You understand. I know this is important. Isn't this important? You understand tithing didn't begin on earth like nothing did Everything that we're doing now is beginning in God's realm. And we think of heaven as just God just plopping on top sky. You know, here God plopping and people just standing around and they go white outfits singing songs to him all day long. The man said, I got an altar. He says, I have kings, I have priests, I have bulls. He says, I have, you know, Amos, they changed it. A lot of these modern translations I hated because they show lack of spiritual awareness and death. They said, because Amos said, but God created his fairs in the heavens. Another good translation said, when well, he, he established strata or strata in the heavens. If you got strata, guess what you got? Level. Hierarchy. All of that. So it was very easy for the enemy to take out the church because the church was willing to think that the mortal world that was death and doomed and cursed was, in fact, better than God's realm. You understand? God knew he could redeem earth because he redeemed his own realm. However long it took. That's why Jesus can come and say, hey, more, you know, mom cannot break in. And all of the stuff that y'all are dealing with, yeah, but this, this devil bred a lot of things. A lot of death, a lot of doom, a lot of death instruments, a lot of death methods and mechanisms on the eternal realm. So if you look at this, no, so you have to think about it. Nothing in this world did not, was not uh, predated or did not come after God's All of it. God's realm predated everything earth, everything about us earth. He predated it because God's a smart God. Let me get my arch tied so I can get my throat tied. Yeah. 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 Ye
get my superior model so that what I get ready to replicate throughout all the other worlds I'm in is already established as law, established as protocol, established as policy, statute, and you got the point. So we can sit there. When God gave us this Bible, he didn't give us this Bible saying, yeah, let me see how I can pick them up and let me see how I can. Okay, I want to see how I. Uh-huh. No, he gave us this Bible as excerpts from what he lived. And what he resolved in his world as creator. The hardest thing for us to understand is that God is Alpha and Omega, has it all. He embodies everything. We'll talk about that when I get to my spiritual prophetic place. So, verse 12, for the priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity a change also of the law. For, for he of whom these things are spoken, these being Jesus, being spoken pertaining to another tribe of which no man gave attendance to the altar. Verse 14, for it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, out of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. But we had David, who was of the tribe of Judah. That's how Jesus' kingship became linear. And it is far more evident for that after the similitude of Melchizedek, there arise another priest. Did anybody read that? Did you hear what he said? After the similitude, after the likeness, after the image, after the resemblance, after the pattern. So Jesus Christ, he doesn't come to earth as Melchizedek. He comes to earth, of course, as we know, as the Messiah. But when he goes back home, he's absorbing Melchizedek because I'm over this priesthood. So what do we say? Is it, the, is it the, the Son of God side of him, or is it the Son of Man? It's the Son of Man, because the Son of God has all. So the whole Son of Man thing, which was why the, the cross and all of that had to be anyway, and you all, and, and that part goes back now, and it, and, it, and it moves from being a human priesthood, um, you know, flawed and mortal, to the eternal pattern that God had in his world to contend with the sin and darkness that was bred in it by Lucifer's revolution. I just thought you'd like to hear that. Okay? And it is far more evident that after the similitude of Melchizedek, there arrives another priest who is made not after the law of a carnal or human, earthly or mortal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. For he testifies, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. I don't know if this is talking to you all, but it's, 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 when I was, I was like, wait a minute. So in order for Levi to produce the Aaronic priesthood or the Aarons to come from them, Everything they had to do had to be based on the law of sin and death that was imposed on earth the moment Adam ate from the tree. From that moment on, earth became a failed project. And Adam, a failed specimen. Why? Because the, the 
serpent that was in the tree embodied all failure, all all um, rebellion, all disobedience, the serpent embodied mortality, embodied God's condemnation. So did you notice when God talks to Adam, he doesn't condemn it out of his mouth. He just says, you know, curse is the ground. But he's like, the rest you'll figure it out because you just took on another God whom I cursed and banished from my world, put in your world, and you're going to find out what mortality is. Because you're getting ready to be a specimen of it, as will be your descendants. So everything, he said, the priesthood, Levi's priesthood is secondary to God's Melchizedek priesthood, which was eternal, which already worked in God's realm. So that's how come he knows it's going to work in the church. Because it already worked. For there is verily a disannulling of the commandments going before for the weakness and unprofitability of it. In other words, in God's realm, Melchizedek's priesthood did what the priesthood should do. The the commandments worked because they were the living word of God. The judgments worked. The reversal of death worked. Somebody did the annihilation of sin worked. See, it worked already. It's not something that God's trying to figure out. See, once we get people off the idea that God is not working this out as it shows up and realize that God is instituting what has already been mastered and perfected in his world. So when you hear him say perfected, he's not talking about perfected in our world. He said we already tried this. We've already gotten the kings out. We already know this is going to work. So it's perfected because it's get sent from God's world that has already approved it to the planet. To work in dead humans. It already worked in dead angels. It already worked in dead spirits. And now he said, but it's going to, let me tell you, it's going to work in dead humans. Wow. So when you say, well, how come the Christians are perfect? We're perfect because the plan, the process, the material, the instruments are perfect. And they have proven it. They can perfectly reverse death. They can perfectly heal disease. They can perfectly pass up some death of life. They can perfectly do it because they're already been perfected in Jesus Christ for the love. Before he became Christ or before he became Savior or Yahweh, the system was already intact, perfect, and approved unto God. I don't know about you, but that's good stuff. And talk to me about my salvation. You don't know enough about salvation. You can't talk to me about Christianity at all. At all. Unless you are filled with the fullness of the Godhead. Unless you have passed from death to life. Unless you have. See, Jesus already knew. He said there's going to come a time. Bless his heart. He said there's going to come a time that those who hear the voice of the Son of God will hear and live. How did he know that? He's going to die. He's going to die. So how did he know And then he had this massive temptation that when he died, the power of what kept the law effective, but now that it's absorbing it in Melchizedek, proves itself because all these dead folk get up. They're 
sacrifice has been per- the, the law has been perfected and they get up and go visit relatives. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> okay. I'm telling you, love mom and dad, but I don't know how much y'all showing up. After we implanted you for a while. So when you hear them talk about what makes Christians perfect, I just answer that. We're not perfect as mortals, but we are perfect as immortals. Never desire the power of an endless life. That's why the flesh can go to the dust. Y'all still excited with me? When you ask, how can I stand? I mean, come on here. This is like, what? The church is lost because they stopped having apostles' doctrine, and then the apostles did not take the time and the tribulation it required for you to get the fullness of the Godhead. Because, you know, we just wanted to run with it. And then God wasn't sharing it because God had to share with somebody who's going to pay the price. You know, not just sit there and reap the heart. Okay? So look at this. For the law, put in parentheses, the law of Moses, made nothing perfect. But the bringing in of a better hope did by which we draw nigh unto God. So the law literally was under, on the parchment of hope. But the, the, the law of Abraham or the law of faith is not on a pot, it's on the, uh, literally, it's on a, a biosphere of how they do it, it's on a biosphere, on a, a whole realm, atmosphere of faith. So when, that's why when God shows up, all of a sudden you get all this faith. When angels show up, you got all this faith, you don't even know, because they're bringing that with them. It's coming. It's, they are comprised of it, composed of it. I think that God was so, so cool because he really left this chair of faith that he has taken down his creation. He did not know that the first edition or the first rendition was literally a text, a sample. So everything we're doing in this earth realm is God sending down that sample. For the flesh. So, and it goes here, inasmuch as not without an oath he was made a priest. For those priests were made without an oath, but with this, with an oath by him that said unto him, The Lord swear and will not repent, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Let me go on, but do you know why the oath is important? Because if God made Levi, the Levitical priesthood, act as a, according to an oath, then mortality would have been forever perpetual. He couldn't promise anything in this mortal world perpetuity except the Lord Jesus Christ by the Holy Ghost. Otherwise, if we go back to Genesis 3.15 where it says, now the man is become like one of us to know good and evil. If he puts forth his hand and eats from the tree of life, it's like, I mean, the, the, you know, because God knows very well. So the, 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 the thought of it was so um, horrific to the Lord, he just didn't even finish the sentence. And if he, you know, truth be told, by the time we got to the reading, he knew he didn't have to. We're already looking at the law sitting there. We're already looking at people die being deformed. We're looking at crimes. We're looking at all of the things that God purged from his world. 
Because then all things occurred by blood. So the purgative had to be the blood of the Godhead. Which is not the breast stuff that comes out of your arm. So let's, okay, let's, let's get that right. It's not the red stuff that comes out of your arm. It's what they have found remains after they purge human blood of its mortal or physical properties. Pure life and energy. Every other life in God's world outside of that of the Lord Jesus, Godhead, and whatever people they chose, every other life took on the particles of the cherub's sin and his, his, his invention. Because really, darkness is Satan's invention. Right. He invented it. And, and, and lying and all of the things, because all of it was based on the, the total antithesis of what creation was founded upon. Built upon. Y'all still loving on yeah. So when we think about that, so I, I have a few more minutes before I, I let the, 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 the there you go. Okay. The Eternal Life audio is available. Hey. On the store, it was posted earlier, uh, the link to it, and so it'll be up in the description also after the show is over. Mm-hmm. But the Eternal Life audio download is available in our e-store. Isn't that wonderful? You can get it today, all for yourself, and you can share it. And you can share, I don't care if your children are rebellious or whatever, life's a long journey even though it's a short sprint from the womb to the tomb. I mean, you blink and you're like, I'm what? I'm how old? What? I'm working for the What? Huh? So, but you should tell your children if you care at all about your legacy. Part of why... Um, black folks still stay broke is because they're not in the, the Lord's eternal commonwealth. You're so busy telling folks about, well, Jesus is a white man, you don't think about it being a God man. Okay? See, so, so, so you're not in it. You're in the commonwealth of all those deities that he destroyed on the cross. So unless you are born from the top echelon of your, your race, you're, you're going to be poor because all, he said all, all, A-L-L, all authority has been given unto me, all of the earth is mine. So you can talk or you can get stuck on what you think is his, was his incarnated color, or you can deal with his precarnate power and sovereignty as the Lord Jesus Christ. Because understand, Christ was in heaven. We still don't know when Jesus picked up his last name. Come on. Does anybody know? Because we know Joseph's last name wasn't Christ. Mary's last name wasn't Christ. So when did he pick that name up? Or was it, was it brought to heaven with him? We don't say when, when we did. We, he should be called Emmanuel. He should be called David, son of David. Something. But when did he pick up Christ that shows up in Revelation 12? And then... It didn't just come to us when he incarnated, according to 1 Corinthians, I want to say 10, it said Christ was here. They talk about the prophets of old knew him as Christ. So Christ was not his incarnate sermon. 
We have to know our word. So we, y'all know this stuff of the Bible is dated. I, you kidding me? I, honey, no. Your, your assessment of the Bible is dated. Y'all got some dated assessments. <laughs> but another thing we do, considering the things that we're coming up on, talking about the time, because see, that's why I'm keeping the time. You said tithing is under the law. No, tithing is not. Tithing is eternal. Because they were tithing before there was a law. Anything that predates the law is not subject to the law. That's why when, when Moses brought the law out, everybody had to come and almost sign off on it. Because they, they had to agree to it. It didn't exist. So even when Moses got hot, you know, you thought they'd be under the law. Moses got hot because of the whole Aaron and the, and the pagan thing at the mountain and, and, and all of that, gods of Egypt thing. So Moses got hot. He broke the tablets that, that God wrote on. You can tell he really did lose himself. He broke the tablets that God had carved and wrote on. He got carved them out the mountain and wrote on them. He broke it, crushed it, and made Israel drink it. I still would love to see how he pulled that out. But if God gives you unusual power, think about it. He does not really, he doesn't squeeze it like that. What God gives is yours to keep. Now, if you pervert it, he'll have to supersede it with something else, or he has to kill you. And so they should have been under the law at that moment, but they weren't. And then Moses, if you listen, Moses and God, they went back together and whatnot. And God almost acted like he didn't know what Moses did. And he said, oh, by the way, <laughs> by the way, you know those tablets that I sent you down that you broke? He said, that I wrote out? And you broke them? He said, I need you to go and carve some tablets and stuff now. Okay? And then I need you to come back, bring them up to this mountain so I can write again the law that you broke. Okay? Because it wasn't, you see, back then it wasn't software. It was hard rock. Only one. So now, here we go. This is the other piece that I think is important, and that is that right now we're coming up on the whole thing of Christians observing the law, observing the feast, okay? And again, it's a bankrupting strategy because Israel does not believe in the Messiah. So if they don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah, why are Christians bankrolling their unbelief? And the Bible is very specific about the law. Because, you know, if you read it, it says that in Galatians, there's a whole piece on it, that if you want to do one piece of the law of Moses, you can't miss any of it. So Christians are under judgment, churches are under judgment, because they're actually thinking that as Gentiles, we can both be redeemed and prophesied. Only one passes us from death to life. So we have all of these Christians talk about, but well, I, I pray because it's the feast of this or the feast of that, and I'm really good. Now, I used to yep, go back at it, and I'm just saying, you know, we'll talk about that later. But I'm telling you, the Bible is specific. If you are saved by the Scriptures, if you are saved by the Word of God, then you're going to have to behave according to the Word of God. And if that's the case, then honoring anything that was not eternal but that was given to the earth for expedience and for a stopgap until the true came, you're under the curse. I don't care how big they are. They're lying. I don't care how much money the top people did. 
for which he has no staff, for which he has no legislation. There is no legislation for Christians to celebrate the feast. There are no angels to handle it because it said the law was given by angels. You know, I'm going to get it there. I got you. They said the law was given by angels, mediated by angels, and then angels were handling the sacrifices. And those are not our angels. Our angels are the seven angels that were revealed to John when the church was then localized to a particular region, the Asiatic region, have have become now, like the church group, the angels expanded. There are no angels for the gent to collect and present to God Gentile sacrifices, gifts, and uh, observations of the feast. The angels of God are angels of the eternal church according to the order of Melchizedek. No, I said, don't worry. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is great. Uh, Aaron says, at one point I thought I was going mad for thinking exactly what you're saying. Thank you for addressing this the way you do. God hey, yes. Um, this is so needed. This argument, this, this is always needed because of the fight we're always in concerning tithing. And you can tell the satanic agenda is certainly to keep the Lord's kingdom broke. Exactly. And bankrupt. Because the only reason you would tell people not to financially contribute into something is because you want it to go broke. Exactly. You better go on. I got a bill for you. Look at that. You, uh, <laughs> you raise up, we raise up our children to be responsible to give back. Mm-hmm. We, tell, we teach in the community, you need to give back with your money, not just your time. We say you need to invest where you, where you know where somebody really loves by where their money is. Mm-hmm. Now, we know the scriptural precedents, but then people know that in the world as well. That's true. And so the whole thing of us arguing about how little we should have to contribute back into the kingdom of God while never questioning all the different places where we spend our money and not seeing it as an offering that we're giving. Mm-hmm. What's well, not an offering that I'm giving to go to that movie where you are just cussed out and under the chair? It's not an offering that I'm giving to go to so and so's concert. Mm-hmm. It's not an offering that I'm. I mean, that's just extracurricular. And so the 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 scheme has been so slick and so smooth that anything tied to giving back to the Lord Jesus Christ, there is an auto reflective response of accusation and I don't have to and whatever, but in anything else, people are proud to sow into an endowment for the university yep. that they came from and never looked back to. Absolutely. They're proud to contribute to this and proud to give to that and oh no, and this is where my money goes here and certainly we're going to pay for education because we can see the benefit. First of all, they won't let you in without it. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that. Deciding was an entry fee. <laughs> and then you so all of those things that we tie value to. We say, well, of course you have to 
keep your economy moving in it so it has perpetuity. So the generations know I give back to my university because I want my kids to go there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we want them to have state-of-the-art technology, and we want them to have the best professors, and we want all the amazing things. So we put our money mm-hmm. where we see and believe in the greatest return. And I think, too, in this whole thing, the, the church has given such a little return in general to the body, and they feel that they can go here for this and that for that and over here for this other thing. And, well, we just come to the church to fellowship. Yeah. We come to hear a good word. We come to, you know, so we can do this kind of thing. And not thinking that, wow, the programming, the reprogramming has been, this is auxiliary. The argument you've been standing on from the beginning with this whole lockdown mess. And the president has to tell you this is a special service? We have lost our purpose. Mm-hmm. But we've also lost our definition yep. and our effectiveness. Mm-hmm. Because we continue to invest and feed financially what we know we cannot or should not live without. Mm-hmm. And the whole notion that, well, God will take care of it. How? OMG, gas company in Oklahoma, does not receive prayer as payment. No, they don't. They no, do they not say, hi, your bill is saying, well, you know what, we're going to tell you, we bless the Lord and highly favor today. Mm-hmm. How much of my bill is that going to cover? I'm sorry, ma'am. Did you call the wrong number? They're going to say that you that will have a psychotic episode mm-hmm. where you think that a prayer can pay your bill. Mm-hmm. And that's an angel. And you know what? Uh, an angel, there's a miracle coming. So just leave our lights on because a miracle is coming. And they say, well, you believe for the miracle, and we're going to take your money. Yeah. Or turn off the money. Yeah. It's really up to you. And we people have, they walk around. I mean, come on, we know. We're ministers who travel. And the argument over receiving an honorarium. But you're asking for something for what you do different from everybody else who goes to work and gets paid. Some people weekly, every other, some once a month, whatever. Let's just say, well, you just need to believe God for how you're going to pay your bills and stop having an ego and just let God take care of you. But you still need to unload everything you know while you're here for free. Absolutely. Because, hey, God take care of you. And, that's and I'm like, well, how do you take care of you? But that's different. But I got a job. Oh, yeah, right. That's different. Okay. Because the house of the Lord, we have touched this whole bubble theory. It's, a, it's, a bubble. it's just different when we're here. You just shouldn't expect it. Expect, it's like like you said, um, the smart people need their money. The assurance people need their money. The gas tank people need its money. <laughs> yes, okay. And you, your soul needs God's favor and backing. That's the issue that they don't get. Well, where do I get back from? The Bible said very clearly that Abraham gave them the spoils of war. That's it. Very tangible. Every win is worth your time. Every win. Every one. But past, present, and future. And we really do teach that we should be able to get the most for nothing. Mm -hmm. We know what this ties into the organization. You have the people who... And this is the name of y'all just understand. I'm not naming names. You have the same too because of, of true programming and belief system yeah. that I believe you should whatever, but I'm just going to go down at the altar and get prayer. Everybody get prayer because we open and we have prayer. Get prayer. But prayer is not advisement. Prayer Thank is not you. coaching. Prayer is not those things. And then you want to hem somebody up all the different ways and all the different times to go around the system yeah. 
and not because and then pay for the other thing. So it's still so the the minister, the coach, the counselor, whatever, still scraping to pay those bills because it's like you're going to send your money this. Well, you going well, we have a plan in the beginning. We're going to meet this schedule. Boom, 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 boom. And then well, you understand and or nothing. And it's but you know that's a cheating spirit. Because oh, people who do that cheat everything. They're the ones that charge on everything. You know, they it's cheating. It's the cheating spirit. So that's a get over spirit that says life owes me, and if I'm smart enough to manipulate it, then I don't have to pay this. That's a cheating spirit. I'm going to tell you right now, y'all have people that say, well, we want you to come in, and I, we just want you to be a blessing to the people. No, you be a blessing to the people. I'm bringing a service to you. Now, if your people are bringing, your blessing to the people is that you bring me in as a service. I told you, man told me, I can tell you what to speak because I brought you in, because I paid and I put you up so I can tell you what to speak. I said, I'm sorry, but you must understand, I'm an independent agent. I'm an independent contractor, so I'm, an, I'm not. So you don't tell me what to speak because you should have figured that out before you bought my ticket. I want you to know. Did you know what I was going to say? Okay, but so you don't tell me that you don't dictate how I serve my God. That's another thing. Well, years ago I had this because I, I do the negotiations on people bringing you in, and sometimes you know they were giving me a line about money and whatnot, and less and they go in partnership relationship. Let me tell you something. Don't your price is not going to meter out and measure the standard of word that she brings based on her honorarium. It is the same caliber. You're gonna your organization is going to run for years off of this one time. Yeah, one it. time visit. People have built programs, restructured organizations, cool. have gotten a hundred thousand dollars worth or more of return. Yep. On one visit. One. One training session. One Saturday. One Friday mm-hmm. night service. So don't, don't play those games. Well, I kind of conclude that if you are a, a particular caliber of, of organization, then you know expertise, you know specialists, you know competence, proficiency. If you have no markers for that, I'm certainly not the person for you. And But I tell them all the time, but I've got a great institution. I've got a lot of prophets, a lot of apostles. I can send you something that fits your talent. Because if you can say this about me after seeing all that I've done, I am certainly not of the caliber that your people can even process. Lord, and we've learned that the hard way as well. And now we can send the starter ministers. Yep, right. You're, I got a lot of them. You have the starter. You have the starter capacity. Yep. So we're going to send the starter ministers. So you have, all right. You have a the, the right. featherweight. So we're going to send them right away. I got the new prophet that can just bring you a gift. That's right. I'm not going to send you my official because they're going to be paying us stuff. They're going to help you rebuild. So if we start at, I got to take a cut and cut. If that's where we start, I know that I am not for you. Now, it's okay. I don't even have a problem. You can't afford you. I'm I'm not even going to say no. I'm going to give you an alternative. I have a university. I have prophetic agency. I have a collaborative. I got a lot of places that can fit your budget. But I'm not going to fit that budget. This is not one size fits all. No, no. But you know, when I first started, it was so interesting when we were on this. But when I first started in ministry, everywhere I went, people would give me these 
um, elaborate uh, hotel welcome packages and stuff, and then after they would raise the money and then give me an envelope, $40, $50, and then tell me the Lord bless. So I thought this was God, because, you know, see, under those that 1950s, 60s, 70s, maybe a little bit of 80s models, that was okay. So I went to God, and I was talking, and I'll be honest with you, I was talking to another prophet who was doing really well, and she said to me, that's not God. God said a labor is worthy of his wages. Not the wages you said, but the wages I said. Now, you don't want to pay me for what I said. That's okay. I got people. I got enough people. So after that, I just stopped going. So then the next thing, and I tell all of you all who are young ministers right now listening, I like to tell some of the secrets, but the next thing is that they would raise an offering and people are blessed thinking that offering is going to come to me. They take the offering in the back room, and I still get like $50 or something like that. And so I got smart. I talked to my the woman that helped me before. She said, take your own envelope and send somebody in the back. I started sending somebody in the back. She was 300 pounds. I got my money. All my money. And she was 300 pounds from the hood in Jersey. I'm going to tell you right now. You got bonus Baby. And they just like, boy, I mean, your, I mean, your God is really a God. Yeah, because you know what? When she lets you rob me, she don't get paid either. So she offers them. See, nobody does. So I stopped letting them raise my money, and then I got to take your word for it unless you're a reputable ministry. And I haven't met a whole lot of those in comparison to the other because churches need too much. You know, you need too much. You want me in there because I'm going to draw people. You want me in there because of I'm going to make your people give to whatever, and that's fine. You can have your motive. It's up to me to be discerning enough to know that what I'm bringing is not going to benefit your people. I also don't go in, in, in young ministries and whatnot unless I'm really told by God because Young ministries have young members, and young members complain, and they're opinionated, they're unlearned, they're un- you know, unexposed to how things work in the kingdom. Some of them are so brand new, so they don't know. Now, there are, I've met some powerful ministers who train their people. Listen, this is a woman of God, this is a man of God, this is the quality, this is what we do, this is how we handle it. But when it's all said and done, you will know a ministry by how they treat you with the money. That's going to tell you everything. I don't care how big they are. I don't care. They're going to, you're going to know the heart and soul of an organization, not just how they treat you, not handle, how they treat you with money because where the what? There's your, so whatever they say, I don't care what their propaganda say, I don't care what they put billboards say, I don't care about any of that. I'm telling you that when I walk away feeling like I've just been shystered, then I know that ministry, I don't care what they say, I know that ministry is not one of te- integrity and that leader feels that if exploiting God's people and exploiting God's servants is their duty to balance the scales of their own greed. So I don't do it. So but I know. And, and today I'm excited because I can do stuff on, uh, you know, we can do stuff on pages. Yes, you are. Now, I used to think that, because you have to grow in that. 
Because in the beginning, God does make you take low man. He does make you go out and do nothing. You're going you're gonna to drop for three hours. You're going to lay hands to 800 people, and you're going to come back with 80 bucks. That's it, 80 bucks. Because God has to make sure that, 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 that you are not going because you, uh, you know, you think that, because we like to say, this is a job like your secular job, but you got to earn that. You have to earn that level in your secular job. You understand? Your first job can save you that. You know, your first job, and, and most of them probably was an intern, okay? So you have to earn your scale. And so a lot of times we want to go in at a, at a high scale simply because we say yes to God. Come on, make that play. Come on. No, no, yes, yes does not mean you are qualified or deserving of the best. You have to pay your dues. Everywhere you are in life, you've got to pay your dues. So that's why I went and did it for like five or six years because I didn't think that I was, you know, whatever. Now, I was having amazing miracles and things like that. But once I realized, when God told me, he said, this is the end of that for you. And he told me that they start, this is what he said to me. He said, if they start with a pay cut, you know I didn't finish. You know, I already believe that. He told me. With you. Mm-hmm. And how many, and when I go against that, what happens? Oh, it's, oh my it's, God. The whole trip is full of warfare. Mm-hmm. From getting in the hotel room, you want you to put your credit card down to get to your. No, I'm not doing that. What? Uh, no, no, no. This was not on my vacation list. <laughs> you brought me in. You spent for me. Yeah. I'm like, this was not my vacation list. And I won't do it. Or uh, either you go in, I gotta sit in the lobby while you find stuff like that to see. And, and every time something happens, I say, but you know what? It's your fault because God told you. Because if they start with a pay cut, that means they don't cherish him or his gift. So I don't do it. Now if they if we're on the phone, she 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 she. Well, and I like her. Well, we have some other ministers. May I recommend somebody who's uh, more suited? for your, your parameters mm-hmm. of posting. Yeah. I say your budget. Somebody called me a couple of months uh, uh, earlier this year. What is for your cousin? Well, you know, he's trying to be smart. And so when you're a woman, let me tell you something. When you're a woman, because the church is biased against women, yeah. they're theologically biased. They're not even trying to be me. So when you're a woman, they always want to start you less. Now, I don't understand why estrogen, okay, is less valuable than testosterone. I'm still stuck on that. So what about my estrogen that makes you think that I should get less? So when you're a woman, they start at you don't need anything. And then if you have a husband, then, well, he's supposed to do it. He's not here doing this. He's not preaching. So, and if you don't have a husband, then it's punishment because why are you there? Yeah, because then you should be married, and then, then I wouldn't have to stay in the bed. I would have to be because you have a man. Because a man was put in the blank. And I don't care. I, said, I don't care if my husband is a multi-billionaire going to pay me my work. Because my work is not based on his pocket. So you're going to pay me. But you, you have to. And, and, and also, you know, you need mentors. Because see, they're mentors. Their time, I'm thinking, that's not going to work for you. Because I know the language. I know the lingo. I know the reaction. So they start with that. But if you start with that women-men thing, I know you're going to cheat me. So why are we doing this? I'm going to keep the love of the Lord flowing with us. God, just can I, can I say my favorite pet peeve? I know we're out of time. My favorite pet peeve is people prophesize our Christ. He's a queen. He's a woman of God. He's a son. He's about to shit. He's about to move all this money in here. He's about to stop. 
God all day long about your promotion in the kingdom. She's right. Two months later, goodbye. We're going to break down the first day for a conference. Okay, great. But, you know, we, we only have three cents. So we don't give our. Oh, did, did you just prophesy the financial increase that was coming into her life? You. You just said that this change was going to come. And, I mean, you said this thing so low. I mean, this isn't even an honorary that I would take. Mm-hmm. And I'm really new in this. And I, <laughs> you know, she's not available for that. <laughs> but I've talked to her. You know, you always, I will talk to her, but she's not doing that. Well, I'm going to be an you know, I've been out here so long. I saved my juice. I produce, uh, man, I have more hiding in my, my whatever to keep you all individually going for decades. So I'm, I don't I'm going to go back to this today for a time. Yeah, thank you. And, and, be, and, and be broke free. So I don't, you know, I really don't, I really don't have to do that. But I also don't uh, encourage my ministers to have to go through that unless God said, now some of y'all, God's going to put y'all through the mud because y'all don't serve nobody, you don't get nobody, we barely get a cup of cold water. So y'all going to bathe so y'all going to go on a hot day, I'm passing out. Okay? And then others, you know, and then others, because you serve me, you think you got a promotion. Hold on. You didn't get promoted. You got a sign. And you didn't get all the good. You know? All right, because all of a sudden you are, you are, you, well, you're like your hands on. You're going to get my portion. You're going to get my portion. You ain't got nothing. You know? So I'm like, no, no. So some of y'all, you need to go through. And if you don't, I ask God to put you through. See, I, I sit and I see, well, no, they need to go through. They need to go through. If you act like you don't have the. the, the the, the, the awareness and the Lord, they need to go through, and I will send you out on a hundred dollar mission and watch you come back and fuss about it. Because, see, all of those words tell us a lot. So, um, you know, cause, because God doesn't start you with his best. Hey, we're running out of time. So, 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 shit, shit, shit. So, we're going to have the after show. So, stay tuned. You might like it. God bless. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, we have those. Honey, are we ready? Oh. Well, listen, get your questions and comments ready. I definitely want to, want to hear from the apostle and the prophet in the room. We've already heard from one. She's, you know, she's like my appendage. But we definitely want.